Welcome to the Cork Creative Podcast. With this podcast, we hope to promote local creative businesses and people. I am your host, Jordan Hennessy from Flux Learning, and today I am joined by Rita Holding of RH Vintage Interiors in the very fitting surroundings of Fernhill House Hotel in Clannacilty. In this episode, we discuss the growth of Rita's passion for vintage items, from visiting Sunday markets in London in her early 20s to setting up her vintage furniture business from a shed in her garden through to opening her roadside shop in Canada. Despite the challenges of Brexit and with her husband Ian by her side to lend his expertise in furniture restoration, they have created a treasure trove filled with beautiful furniture, lighting and unusual knickknacks. Risha's previous career in banking and a head for accounts has ensured that their business has gone from strength to strength. She imparts some sage advice along with how she is able to resist the temptation to keep everything she finds. So you're very welcome to Cork Creative, Rita. Thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. How did you get into dealing with vintage furniture? I think it goes back to when I was in London. Mm-hmm. I was brought up on a farm in Doris and I was recruited into banking at the age of 17. So I was living in central London, Russell Square, for six years from the age of 17 in a bank's halls of residence. I just... You know, I used to kind of spend my Sunday mornings in Covent Garden and Camden Market and Portobello Road, places like that. They were all walking distance from where I lived. It just gradually over the years, I loved, I never bought new. Mm -hmm. I just loved vintage clothes. I loved just vintage knickknacks and stuff like that. And it so happened that my husband's English and he had the same passion. Mm-hmm. It was just something, I'd say it was belonged to England, really, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, because there is fantastic selections. And we just loved it. Mm-hmm. Anywhere, even on holidays, we used to drive our sons simple because they'd be on the beach or out in the water and we'd be scouting around looking for vintage shops. Yeah, yeah. And I loved car boot sales in England mm-hmm. as well. They're big, big, aren't they, over there? Like They're just fantastic. Mm. But it was mainly like vintage markets. And, you know, I remember in Canada and the US on holiday, we really drove them simple. Like, <laughs> we were looking, you know, we'd be picking up American number plates and, and all this kind of thing. Mm. But it's more like even not buying, just, just enjoying yeah. having a look around. And, and I suppose the banter as well yeah. with stallholders and, and stuff like that. And I like to talk too. <laughs> Very good. That's good, good, good sign for us here today. So what kind of services do you offer then, Rita? So I do a lot of chalk painting. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't paint everything. I mm-hmm. wouldn't paint an antique or something like that. But I mainly do a lot of commissions for people. And mm-hmm. um, I use Rust-Oleum and Annie Sloan paints, mainly Annie Sloan. But my husband restores furniture for mm-hmm. people so he does the restoration side we both do the purchasing and stuff like that but it is basically providing vintage antique mm-hmm. furniture and interiors and furniture restoration he does fringe polishing and stuff like that we don't do upholstery okay but uh, it's just another skill mm-hmm. so it's it's furniture restoration painting just providing what we do really can you just explain a little bit about chalk painting what's what's that about chalk painting 
probably the last seven or eight years, it's been really popular. I, I like the kind of uneven finish. It's got an uneven finish. You can't paint something in chalk paint that's pristine. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the time, depending on the character, uh, the furniture, I only slightly distress it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just got that kind of shabby chic feel. But I do mess with colours and I mix with mixed colours mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it really depends. I tend to just paint small pieces because I really believe that... I know interior designers might might argue with this, but I really believe that if you're decorating room, you should start with purchasing and sourcing a unique piece of furniture mm-hmm. and work out from that. Mm-hmm. I think once you source a few nice pieces, the colour of the walls come afterwards. Yeah. And I think also there should be a pop-up colour in every room. Yeah. Not, not massive or anything like that, but a pop-up colour and the fun I have doing that. But I suppose I give a lot of colour advice as well. Yeah. Sometimes, even if they're not so sure about buying a particular piece, I tell them, send me a picture of your room and exactly where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. There's so many add-on bits like that, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And with such a focus now on, on climate change and the move away from fast fashion and furniture, do you feel people are becoming more accepting of the idea of upcycling and rehoming good quality furniture? Absolutely. I've noticed during the pandemic, for example, yeah, luckily I was one of those that still was busy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose because I had a website and stuff like that. But I noticed a, a huge shift amongst the couples in their 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. People that have bought new houses, people that are renting older new houses. Mm. A lot of our customers an increasing number of them are young. Mm-hmm, mm. But uh, we really notice that there's a greater appreciation of older, well-made furniture. Mm-hmm. They're looking for well-made furniture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know, myself included, I was allergic to kind of the old brown furniture. Mm. But what I noticed amongst the young, and I probably do it myself as well, some of them have a gorgeous patina. It really depends on the shade mm. of this bound furniture that you stock. Mm. And there's some stunning pieces. Mm. And there's an increasing demand for mahogany. Yeah, yeah, it's coming back. It's <laughs> coming back. And another thing is mid-century is really in mm. vogue. Mm. It's really come back. Mm. Art Deco as well, a little bit of that. But I, I always say to people, you can mix old and new as long as it's tastefully done yeah. but I tell you what the pleasure we get out of saving something yeah or my husband started off his career in London building steel fabricated boats on the River Thames and he ended up anyway working for British Petroleum in an office for years you know doing high level analytics mm. multinationals and that god he is so pleased to be back doing engineering yeah, really and, yeah, yeah. and restoration yeah he's absolutely in his element mm. and he's good at it that's good yeah, so yeah. like if he's restoring something see if he's restoring an old kitchen table it is taken apart every single bit and laid out and he puts it back together wow by using dowels and, mm. and and all the rest but what is really exciting is the amount of young people looking for vintage and antique mm. that's a good sign and with the rise, I suppose, in hybrid working and, and remote working, have you seen an increase in demand for vintage items that can be used in a home office? 
Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> when the lockdown, the first lockdown happened, the demand for office desks was massive. Really? Yeah. I, I you know, wouldn't be able to count the amount that I sourced. Yeah. And it wasn't just, you know, any particular type. It was everything from tiny little desks yeah. to director's desks mm. and just every kind ladies' desks, mm. antique ladies' desks mm. that, that look cool. Yeah. It was incredible. It slowed down now, the office desks. Yeah. But people are upgrading their office desks I know. as well. <laughs> but it, it was funny. And I suppose like, like off those type of office desks, they add so much character to a space, don't they? They're beautiful. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can get some amazing old desks. Yeah. yeah. So well made. But every shape and size of desk was sourced. Yeah, very good. <laughs> <laughs> you met the demand, so. <laughs> and you opened a, a new premises infirmary. How did you find that experience? Opening the new premises was fantastic. Really? So I've been looking for roadside premises probably for about three years. Mm-hmm. You know, people were saying to me, well, why don't you move into the town and this, that and the other? I didn't want a town premises. Mm -hmm. First of all, it's hard, you know, loading and unloading and and you don't have the space. Mm -hmm. I just wanted a roadside premises. And luckily, I phoned up the, the owner of this premises one day and it was available. And... Parking outside is just incredible. Yeah. Everyone says it's so easy, especially like the older people. They yeah. say if they're on their own, they say it's so easy to pull up. But we have a storage shed out the back, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. And two big parts of the shop, separate kind of rooms mm. that roll into each other. And um, it was just fantastic. So November and December were ridiculously busy. Mm. And I was working by myself. So my husband left his job Mm -hmm. and joined me, Mm -hmm. which I wouldn't be able to do it without him because of the the different skills we have, really. So 19th of February, we opened. So we kind of turned it around in six weeks. Oh, good. We did the painting and and my husband did the electrics and stuff like that. The first thing we put in was Wi-Fi and the security cameras and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. It was still a bit of a pipe dream at Christmas, but we opened on the 19th of February. And the reception is fantastic. Great. Has been fantastic. Yeah. It's just going tremendously well. It's a perfect location for you, isn't it? Like it's, it's, it was like it was made for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like with the type of business that you need, you do need space, like, don't you? It's like, and it's literally on the road. You just yeah. see it. Like, and it's nice where it is because you can just, you know, pop in, you know, like people get their pass and go, oh, look, like you did when you were probably in England or whatever, you know, yeah. popped in. So it's it's nice that that's, it's easily I think accessible. the shop that, that we have now is the type of shop over the years I'd have gone into in England. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah? yeah. And it's great. We can, you know, on a dry day, yeah. we can put loads of stuff outside and, and things like that. But... I think the thing that I enjoy the most is the conversations you overhear in the shop. Mm. Oh, remember Granny Peggy used to have one of these. Yeah. It's amazing the memories that are evoked. Yeah. From from everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or grannies telling their grandchildren, this was for this. Mm -hmm. Uncle Jack used to have one of these. Mm -hmm. You know, Opening the shop was brilliant. Mm. The first day was mental. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people were really kind, even neighbours and stuff like that, bringing in flowers and, Aww, yeah. and, and stuff like that. And 
since then, just the reception's been brilliant. Great, great. Yeah. You know, yeah. one of my main aims is to keep the quality up. Mm-hmm. So I, I do spend money on what I, what I source. Mm-hmm. Keep the quality up and find things that are a bit unusual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have lots of fun mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah. You know? yeah. We source throughout the island of Ireland. Yeah. It's, it's, I love it. And right. I just, the people that you meet are incredible. Because? And you have a good, I suppose, network of suppliers and all that spilled up, have you? That, yeah. yeah. See, I suppose over the last five years, I started five years ago. Mm-hmm. And from a purpose-built workshop in my garden in Roscarbor. Mm. And you get to know all the dealers mm-hmm. around Ireland. You build up a relationship with the auctioneers, mm-hmm. you know, buying auction houses all over Ireland, not in Ireland. You also have people that turn up stuff in their boots and say are you interested in this mm, mm. yeah and like that's not every day but mm. every other day mm-hmm. you have people turning up and after the market sometimes the stallholders call in mm-hmm. and they'll show us what they have or whatever it's everywhere really yeah yeah, but yeah. we say no to a lot of stuff as well just like to keep specifically the, yeah yeah what what sells in the shop mm. and just to keep the quality Good, yeah, yeah. So you're like quality control as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> it is fun. You know, I enjoy it. So I suppose it kind of, that leads into kind of my, my next question about how do you source your pieces? What, we, what I used to do mm. was go to about four times a year to international deal affairs in the UK, which was great fun. Mm-hmm. These are massive fairs mm-hmm. and they'd come in from all over Europe and you just get really unusual Stuff from mm-hmm. Hungary, the Netherlands, just everywhere. And of course, I did all the Brexit courses mm-hmm. that were kindly supplied by the Enterprise Board and stuff like that. But the whole importing process is just way too complicated. Mm-hmm. So just to give you an example, mm-hmm. if um, I went to the UK and I bought bought 15 different styles of chairs mm-hmm. I'd have to have a registered commodity code for every single one of those chairs because oh, they have varying design so what would happen then say if I have a van and a trailer load it could easily because of one item be stopped and I might not get it for a couple of months oh my gosh yeah so it we decided no there's enough supply and what's happening is there's a circular supply coming from the UK anyway into mm. the north and it's coming down mm-hmm, south mm. but what's interesting is one of the auction houses in the north that I I get really good quality stuff from they said to me it's a family run business that the majority of their business is in the Republic really yeah yeah, yeah, so the auction's happening not in Ireland because he said the money is not in the north, it's in the south. Mm-hmm. So he said 90% of their business is in the Republic, going gosh, to the Republic. Gosh, so is it is it mainly so now in Ireland and the north that you would source? All is over it? Ireland, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. The Ireland yeah, of okay. Ireland. Okay. And there is, I've no problem sourcing. Great, okay. Do you know, which, mm. is, which is good. Mm. I was a bit worried about that. We might... Later on this year, just for a bit of fun, or in spring next year, go to France. Mm. France must be like, there must be loads of beautiful, like, furniture. There's beautiful stuff, but you have to weigh in the cost as well. Yeah, yeah. At the moment, this stuff is arriving in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like a circle of flow. People still go go out of the Republic and come in through the north. Mm. But I haven't done that. But... 
I will. Again, it'll be kind of a bit of a holiday. Yeah. 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 I, and tell us a little about the best piece you've ever found. I think one of the best pieces mm. I've ever found was an Aylesbury chair. Mm-hmm. So Aylesbury chairs were made by an Irish company mm-hmm. years and years ago. And they are like teacher's chairs. Okay. So there's a little shelf in front of you to put a book on. When you sit down, you just flap it over. You can just put the book on this wooden flap in front of you. But the design is stunning. Mm. So I bought it. I didn't buy it in an auction. I bought it off somebody in North Cork who had bought it in an auction but didn't have any backstory in it. Mm. It was stamped UCC underneath. Okay. And it had the Aylesbury kind of detail and all that on it. So anyway, I sold it on and it was bought immediately by somebody who lived in Wicklow and drove down to West Cork for it. Okay. So anyway, about six months later, the vicar in Ross Carberry contacted me mm-hmm. and said his wife was a direct descendant of the Aylesbury family. Is there any way I could source another one? Because she desperately wanted a chair mm-hmm. like this. So I put her in touch with people in Wicklow. Oh, yeah. But I said, they don't really have any more information yeah. about where it's lived and, yeah. and stuff like that. But I do regret selling that. Really? But I know that I, I will find. It's a bit like, you know, people say to me, it must be tempting to hang on to stuff yeah. if you find something nice. But it's not because, you know, you just think business. Yeah, yeah, You're acquiring yeah. it and you're, and you're passing it on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the odd thing I have kept, but... You don't, because I say in my head, there's another one. Another one exists somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you really so that's want how to... I settle my head. There <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is another one somewhere. Yeah. You, you let them go knowing that if you ever want it again, you'll, you'll probably find one. And what is the easiest piece of furniture that can be given a new lease of life? I'd say a sideboard mm-hmm. or a wardrobe. Okay. Yeah. Just really easy to do. Mm-hmm. So what Ian would do is he'd restore it, you know. What, it, what he, he says a lot is he spends a lot of his time unravelling other people's restoration, <laughs> you know, where it's just been really badly yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then restoring it properly. But I would say a sideboard. Okay. And the thing about a sideboard is if it's painted in a nice colour, and not even painted, mm. yeah. If it's properly done and, and finished off properly and, and polished appropriately and stuff like that, it'd look amazing, amazing. in a room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of them have gone to the recycling centres over the years. Gosh, I know. It's awful to think of it, isn't Or it? skips. Oh, I know. Skips. <laughs> the dreaded skip, isn't it? <laughs> One day I was talking a couple of months ago, I had mentoring sessions with guys in the Enterprise Board. Mm. And this guy designs websites. He told me that he pulled on his way to work. He pulled a sideboard out of a skip. That's why he was late. Of course, he loved mentoring me on my website yeah, because yeah. of the conversation yeah of course but yeah. I just thought it was hilarious yeah he said he did it by himself he pulled it out of a skip he was absolutely thrilled with himself but I think also like when we started off years ago I think we were 24 and 24 24 or 25 we bought a first one bedroom flat in um Kingston and sorry and I remember then not being able to afford to furnish it mm-hmm. so we used to just 
get stuff in markets and stuff like yeah. that. I think that probably started it all off yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, furnishing my own place. Mm. And then, I mean, I'm, I love negotiating now, but I remember when I was much younger, walking into an antique shop in Chertsey in Surrey, and it was a beautiful, small, old pine bench, and maybe it was up for sale for like 120 or something mm. like that. And it was after the school run. So we walk in anyway, and my husband's with me, and he said to me, oh, I'll offer 60 quid. And I'm going, no way, you can't do that. And I left the shop. I was so embarrassed. He went off to the cash point and took out 60 quid only, right? And I was down the street. I was mortified. Mort- and he came out with his bench for 60 quid, yeah? Yeah. And he had no leeway. He just yeah. had the 60 quid, yeah? And I remember how embarrassed I was then. And now, you know, I love when people negotiate yeah yeah do you know yeah, what I mean yeah yeah but I'm just thinking I must have come a little way since yeah I know I know you learned a lot yeah <laughs> I still have that old pine bench in my kitchen gosh and I wouldn't part with it probably because of the story it tells. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but isn't that lovely that you know old pieces of furniture they either you know when you look at them they conjure up so many memories or if you see an, another piece and maybe like a, a shop like yours that it brings back memories of maybe even though it might be the same piece that just as you said like brings people up stories. love yeah. the backstory yeah that's so it. if it's a special piece i i always try and ask the auctioneer look what kind of a house did this come out of mm. where you know location mm. wise they, they just want People just want to know anything about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anything at all to do with a backstory. Yeah. They absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the whole romance of the, the furniture, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and when does a piece of furniture become vintage? Is it like a cars where after a certain number so of years... If it's over a hundred years, okay. it's an antique piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So anything more than 20 years old be considered 20 30 year yeah. old would be considered vintage okay okay so like 80s backwards mm-hmm. type thing and would it be mainly so vintage furniture that you would deal with or no more? no no it's okay. equally antique okay and i started off with vintage okay and then i ventured into antique mm-hmm. so now it's antique vintage furniture and also in interiors like lighting okay oh yeah now, we sell a lot of industrial lighting so in will buy wrecked heaters, mm-hmm. heater lamps, yeah, mm. and transform them into lights. Oh, wow. So we stock generally some really unusual lighting, mm. but it's stuff that he has transformed. Because I think, actually, I, I, like that piques my interest now, because I think that there's a big problem with lighting, you know, finding good, nice lighting. It's all so mundane and boring. We sold one recently that was made out of petrol pump. Okay. You know, filler. Oh, yeah. With the nozzle. It was amazing. It was for an office desk, yeah. But what's really, really popular are the old designer angle pies lamps. Yeah. For mm. desks. Mm, 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 it was one day the other day that we sold two. And they were just amazing. And what's really popular is, you know, the bright yellows and bright blues. Yeah, yeah. You know, these are 50 or 60 years old. Yeah. But they are the coolest ever. Oh, yeah, that's it. I got a couple in the shop at the moment. That are sailboats. Oh, cool. And the sails and all that are on there. And they're table lamps. But, 
yeah, you just take normal bulbs and, and stuff like that. But what's become really popular are the vintage and antique oil lamps. Oh, yes, yeah. The wall-mounted ones, very popular for barbecue areas. Oh, yeah. The normal just oil table lamps. Mm. People are putting them in their living rooms. Again, barbecue areas yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But they're all, they come in all different colours. Mm. So they're really cool. But the best thing about it is, you know... You don't have to use paraffin anymore okay? because you can get lamp oil in a lot of good hardware stores okay. and it doesn't burn black. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, it doesn't yeah, yeah. smell. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So it's better for the environment mm. anyway. You don't have to burn even a tilly lamp. You don't oh, yeah. have to put paraffin in it anymore. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a lot of fun with oil lamps. Mm. But so, again, it's the color. The yeah, that's Some it. Some of them are just gorgeous. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's definitely a good demand for things like that. It's just we were, we were. I, I come. I'm the. There's seven girls and two boys in my family, mm-hmm. and I'm the eighth child, so the youngest girl. I remember doing my homework using Tilly lamps, mm-hmm. being a bit embarrassed because we were. You know, we were late getting electricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and my father wouldn't allow us have a TV because it. He thought no work would get done on the oh, yeah. farm, this kind of crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we eventually had one maybe when I was an t- early teenager. Yeah. Yeah, I remember doing homework in the Tilly Lamps. Yeah. But they're all coming back. Back, isn't it? It's all about these cycles, isn't it? Fat, and and yeah, they're things. not like old-fashioned, depressing looking. Yeah. they got great colour. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they've been rejuvenated, a new lease of life for the Tilly Lamp. Yeah, so <laughs> if I look at Tilly Lamp in a shop, it just brings back home. Oh, <laughs> and the other funny thing, you can have a lot of fun as well in the shop. I stock a number of school bells. Oh, yeah? You know, okay. Good quality antique and vintage school, school bells. And it is so funny, you know. Sometimes you get a guy coming in and, you know, you, your instinct is to ring the bell. Yeah. And he'll either go really depressed. Yeah, you'll say, is that a good or a bad memory? And you go, oh, Lord above. Mm-mm. Or you get another person that'll just smile when they oh, ring yeah, the bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they have good school memories. Yeah, yeah. So I laugh. The yeah. school bell causes a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but amongst our generation, you know. Not so <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> I think my son's ge- generation, I got two sons, so yeah. 21 and 23. I, I reckon when they look back in their school days, they'll have great memories. Memories, yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll just remember the cane. <laughs> Thank God those days are done anyway. <laughs> and what pieces of furniture are timeless and are always in vogue? I think a fairly simple, non-fussy wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sideboards. Mm-hmm. Again, non-fussy sideboards. Mm. But I think a fairly simple, antique sideboard will never, ever, ever date. With a nice patina, not mm-hmm. too dark, mm-hmm. but... The thing that I think will always be in vogue is decent old pine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So many people are looking for like anything old pine. Mm-hmm. But what I've noticed is it's very hard to get good old pine in this country. Yeah. And there's a shortage of supply. A lot of mine comes from Northern Ireland. But some of it is because the, our houses in the Republic were damp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they weren't to stamp in the north mm. and it bred woodworm. Mm. Mm. So there's a lot of woodworm and, mm. and stuff like that. So I'm really careful what I source. 
but I noticed this, a big difference in the north. Okay. With okay. old pine. Everyone is looking for old pine dressers. Yeah. Old pine kitchen tables. You could sell them all day long. Oh, really? Yeah. But with the door. Yeah. 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 So hard to, to source. Find them, yeah. But that, I'd say old pine. Probably, okay. Okay. And decent mahogany mm. antique mm. will never date. Yeah. Yeah. They're always just, they're always, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. And what are the, the challenges of restoring and re- upcycling? I think you have to start off with a nice piece. You mm-hmm. have to start off with quality, you know. If I painted, like I'll say no to modern cheap furniture mm-hmm. because it's, first of all, not proper wood. It's very hard to paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very hard to get a proper finish. There aren't many, really, as long as you stick to quality. Okay, okay. So the the, the base line for just has to be half decent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And how can pe- people preserve their favorite pieces of furniture against the likes of woodworm? Keep the area dry. Mm-hmm. The room has to be dry. Mm-hmm. If there's any d- dampness, it's going to breed multiple woodworm. Mm-hmm. You know. So, and I think most modern houses now, most houses are okay. But if you, I mean, I treat everything twice, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff that could, hardwoods won't ever have woodworm. Okay. The softwood Mm -hmm. woods are. But if you ever suspect, you know, that if you buy something and you suspect that there could be woodworm or whatever, just treat it. Okay. Don't let it join your other family okay. collection of pieces. Mm. Yeah. You know, just, just sort it. The smell goes after a few days once okay. you treat something. Okay. 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 But the way that you can tell as well whether it's woodworm is if there's woodworm holes in it. Yeah. A lot of the time it's it's dead woodworm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the the piece hasn't got active woodworm. The way you can tell that is tapping it. Okay. And the powder comes out. It's active. Okay. You know? Say the woodworm is no longer active, the piece can be used, can it? Or oh, absolutely, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But you see, it's experience knowing yeah, yeah. again the thing, yeah. If, if you wait, just even if it's dead and you don't know, yeah, just treat it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Peace of mind. So you've given, you're helping safeguard all the furniture for the future. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that. <laughs> and what are the biggest business challenges you face? Ooh, that's a tricky one. I think you just have to keep your eye on the ball with mm. the accounts. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I did a business administration degree in London years ago. Mm-hmm. And that really, really helped me. Mm-hmm. You know, it helps me now because I do all the accounts. And then I, year in stuff, I work with the accountant. Mm. Keep an up-to-date cash flow forecast. My husband keeps a close eye on the margins, mm-hmm. you know, for yeah. for everything. Luckily, he's really versed in Excel. Mm. knows all these formulas and, and this yeah. kind of thing. But I think you just have to keep your, keep the cost down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like with us, we, we have our electricity, you can imagine now, mm. every, with everything gone up. It's high, our electricity bill, but with the lights, mm. lighting and, and stuff like that. But generally where you can, keep your cost down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's it really. And just know your numbers yeah yeah know your figures know what you make every week know what your profits are mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah keep an eye on all those kind of things i suppose just so they yeah. don't go way way keep way. a certain margin yeah, yeah 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 and it must be good to have the two of you in it together you know that you're you must be a good we're support. fairly versed i mean i would be experienced with accounts mm-hmm. ian is brilliant with just the day-to-day 
numbers, mm-hmm. margins and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, he keeps a cash flow forecast up to date. But I just think you really do have to. If somebody asks, asks you, like an accountant or a bank, mm. you know, your turnovers and all that, you do need to know your figures. Up, yeah, very good. You need to understand it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And not totally leave it to someone else yeah. to not, not put it. your Not put your head in the sand as such, <laughs> completely. <laughs> and what are your plans for the future? Plans for the future. I think I'll just let it settle mm-hmm. for a year or so. But next year, hopefully, we'll invest in a coffee van and we'll oh, have yeah. coffee outside and I suppose just persevere mm-hmm. with new products and and stuff like that yeah I just want to kind of let it evolve mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but next year will be we'll definitely work on coffee and tea and well I suppose to be fair you've had a busy year now with opening a shop yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I've done for the last five years and I absolutely love it is I've done the Ballymaloo craft fair oh yes in November and they asked me if I would do this year. They had a summer one. Mm. It was the first time they've done it. But, you know, I said to them, I'll definitely do the November one. Mm-hmm. Somehow I managed that. Yeah. Now they have it over two weekends in November and it is just brilliant. Yeah. But it was too close to the shop opening to do the summer one. Yeah. yeah. But I think every year I'll just do the winter one. But what I, what I love about it, last year they gave us our own shop space oh lovely so the bar area that they use for the weddings like yeah. a temporary bar that they yeah. set up they cleared out the bar and all the bits and they gave me the whole room yeah as a shop and it was brilliant two weekends it's oh, look, yeah but they left me they left us leave the stuff up there okay for the second weekend yeah and you find the same customers coming back yeah yeah and you know it's great for marketing yeah 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 you know yeah, yeah. it's great for marketing because they usually have six or seven attending the Belly Maloo craft fair. But we have a lot of fun. Yeah. This year, one of us will hopefully get my son, one of my sons to help. Yeah. You know, one of us will man the shop and mm. the other will go to Belly Maloo. <laughs> but that's the only fair I do. Uh, yeah, really, yeah, 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 yeah. But it, it's just fun. Ah, yeah. Very good, yeah. It sounds to be fair like you have a lot of fun in your business. <laughs> yeah. What is the most valuable thing that you've learned over the years? I think if you're switching, say, like we did from corporate careers and going into business, don't resign too early. Mm-hmm. I said this to somebody the other day who, who works in finance and really doesn't like her job. The tip I, I shared with her was build your idea, mm-hmm. but keep your bread and butter income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if it takes two or three years, save up your money, keep your job, develop your your idea, yeah, mm-hmm. and then you can put, you know, hundred percent into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But do the courses that the Enterprise Board offer? Mm-hmm. They have been invaluable to me, mm-hmm. especially during the lockdown. Yeah, mo- most you know business women I know did all the courses. Mm-hmm. You know, online marketing become up to date with. Mm-hmm. And as savvy as you can yeah, yeah. With, with Instagram and, and Facebook and build your Facebook business page. Mm. You don't need a website mm. straight away. I mean, mine's currently neglected a little bit because of time mm, mm, ma- managing it. But that'll be a, an aim actually in the next six yeah. months to get my website back up to date. But do all the courses mm. that you can do. Mm-hmm. Network Ireland, join Network Ireland. It is 
absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's an annual membership. You meet once a month. It was a brilliant way for me to get to know people. Mm-hmm. But another thing I did, which I think, I know you only asked me for one. No, you're great. <laughs> another thing I did, I did was I did the Enterprise Board business course. Yeah. Was, you can do the beginners one. This one was 12 weeks, one day a week. Mm-hmm. And there was 11 girls that did it. And mm. you probably know a lot of them. Mm. And we did it in Dunanway. Mm-hmm. Maybe about three years ago. It was fantastic. Yeah. I'm still in touch with the, the mentors mm. that did it. And most of the girls, like in fact, every one of them have made a success of their business. Business, yeah. You know, yeah. they've become known. Yeah. So we set up a WhatsApp group on the mm. last day. And... The support in that WhatsApp group. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, please, does anyone know how to do this? Yeah, yeah. yeah or yeah. has anyone tried this? Yeah. It is fantastic. Mm. So I'd say if you can do an enterprise board course, business course. So it's, uh, it's not just like, I suppose, the formal support like that, the enterprise board. It's also those informal Absolutely. kind of groups that can be born out of them that can be just an amazing support for people. That's where Network Ireland come in. Mm. I think it can become quite, it can be quite lonely Mm. working by yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you've got to know other people in the same situation, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. There's a social aspect aspect to it as well. Do you know what I mean? And you can just ask questions Mm -hmm. Mm because we're all following the same route we're all learning the same things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but there's so much to learn. Remain teachable, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Risha, for joining us today on the Car Creative Podcast. An absolute pleasure. Great. Thank you so, so much. If you'd like to learn more about Risha and what she offers, you can find links to her website and social media on carcreative.ie.